Hello and welcome back to another episode of Boxed Box after a pretty lengthy hiatus. We're back. I'm Alex Perry alongside Jeff Azahauser. Jesse Levine and Akshay Wadwani are here as well. And we are midway through the Premier League season as it stands. So much of this episode, well, a little past midway through, but much of this episode will be dedicated to awarding, giving out the very prestigious mid-season box-to-box awards. Uh, just what every player has ever dreamed of. So we'll start off with breakout player. Um, Jesse, why don't you get us going here? Yeah, I mean, for, for breakout, well, breakout player, um, I, I think for me, I mean, we have talked about this off the air, though. Um, it's got to be Connor Gallagher for me, and I actually don't think it's even close. Um, you have a guy, I, I think first it's important to note that this guy is on loan from Chelsea. Um, so, when he, you know, he's going to be a phenomenal talent. Seven goals in the midfield, three assists, um, playing for Crystal Palace. Do, just playing a phenomenal breakout player this season. Um, young kid um, really expresses himself well on the ball, creative, works hard. And I mean, I think Palace will probably try to do everything they can to sign him from Chelsea, but I don't think there's any chance that they will. Chelsea will let this guy slip through the cracks. Right. But we, we also have to take into account the fact that he's playing under the former NYCFC manager, Patrick Vieira. Okay. Not only that, and, and I, former Arsenal captain, Patrick Vieira. No, but more importantly, the former <laughs> NYCFC player. Okay. Show the MLS Cup champion some respect. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, brilliant player this season. Uh, work rate's phenomenal, expresses his, himself very well on the ball, and just a complete surprise. Um, I think for Crystal Palace, but also for Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, Connor Gallagher has definitely been been excellent. I think you know, the, it's when you talk about whether or not Crystal Palace can keep him or whether or not they'll try to keep him. I think something that is in their favor is that Chelsea already have they're, they're like pretty set on center mids already or like attacking minded mids. So I think that will definitely boost Crystal Palace's chances. Uh, Jeff, you have a really interesting pick. Yeah, uh, I think it's Tino Livramento. Um, he's just, he's come in and just absolutely taken over the job uh, at Southampton as their right back and has just been very sturdy and not, not I think, what was expected when Southampton originally bought him from Chelsea. And Chelsea might be looking to pay $40 million to get him back because they have a buyback clause. And he's, I've just been incredibly impressed by a player that I thought was going to be, uh, maybe not like, terrible but not this good this quickly he like Southampton have a proper right back now and I don't don't be surprised if Chelsea shell out 40 million in the next year or two to get him back well, this Liverpool. is a uh, yeah. Liverpool will get will probably have to pay a lot more than 40 million um the, that buyback clause is for Chelsea not for everyone else Purry, nice try <laughs> um uh, but I, I do think you're right. I think Liverpool would absolutely love to get a proper first team right back. Oh, yeah, so... I bet. No. <laughs> Listen, out of your own mouth, out of your own mouth, you want to replace Trent with this kid. So uh, he can't be I that said. bad. I never, I never said he would start over Trent. I just said that because Liverpool no, you, uh, Listen, you don't want to. talents. You don't you want to buy a right back if you're happy back. with your right back. Yeah, you don't you don't spend forty million on a right back to, to ride the bench. It, not everyone can be Man City or you know Newcastle. You, you, you don't spend eighty million on a on a young English winger just to ride. Oh wait, you did, uh, and we'll get to that later. We'll get to um, that one later for sure. All right, Akshay. 
breakout player Emil Smith Rowe. I love to hear Jesse that. Jesse likes that. Yes, uh, Jesse, are you an Arsenal fan? I, I don't remember. I am a diehard. Oh, Big God, I, guy. I love that movie too. But like, what what team do you root for? <laughs> Jeff, you just saw that movie for the first time. I know. Three days before New Year's Eve. Listen, I, I, never seen. The Die best Hard. part is, I actually don't like the movie very much. It was fine. It was bang average and not good as a Christmas movie. <laughs> oh God, so much to unpack there. But anyway, um, yeah, mine's ML Smithrow. Um, I was close to picking Lovermento, um, but I feel that Smithrow has contributed more to a team in a way that's actually uh, increasing that team's likelihoods of uh, either winning silverware this year or putting themselves in a position to do so in future seasons. So. Yeah, he's just been a real breakout star on a real breakout team. Arsenal have been a huge surprise this season. Hint, hint for my picks further down the list. Um, and I think he's just really blossomed as a player. He's become, I think, the Premier League sixth man of the year, if you want to call it that, in that you know his record off the bench has been extremely impressive. Uh, I think Mikel Arteta has really utilized him that way uh, very well. He had uh, one streak at some point. I, mean, I think three or four goals in a row off the bench, which is insane, especially in the Premier League. And uh, yeah, I think he's really, he's played a significant role as a breakout star on a very young, very exciting now Arsenal team. And I'm sure Jesse loves hearing all of this. Um, and yeah, I think he's going to do great things uh, both for Arsenal and hopefully for England going forward. Uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. So. This guy gets the new deal, gets the number 10 jersey over the summer, tied for fourth in goals in the EPL with eight. That's um, wild. And, you know, and yeah. I think, and I that's think in mostly guy, substitute appearances, which is even uh, more insane to that's think about. Really impressive. Actually. Yeah. I, I, I mean, when Arsenal had their three game spell in the beginning of the season, I think the only player that you kind of looked at that was a bright uh, spark was Smith Rowe. And maybe um, Saka as well. Yeah. I mean, but so, bad. for those first three games, I think it was more Smith Rowe and a little bit of Lakanga. I actually thought that was when he was playing his better football. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, here's a guy, and I think this speaks to the project that Arsenal are doing. We'll get into that later. Is yeah, you have two strong number ten players right now. You Arsenal sold Joel Willick for twenty five million, bring in Martin Odegaard for thirty. It's a brilliant piece of business right there by Edu and Arteta, and um, and it's really paying off for them right now. But and Smithrow could also play the left as well, which um, they kind of did with Tierney overlapping him while he kind of forces into another a second number 10 position with Odegaard at times and uh, worked really well. They did it against West Ham. They did it against Aston Villa and um, it's been, it's been yeah. working for them. And I would say the other reason I picked uh, Smith Rowe over these, uh, you know, other young, exciting guys is, you know, I think guys like Love Romento and Gallagher uh, had always shown potential and had always been expected to succeed at some point. Versus, um, I don't think anybody, even Arsenal fans, expected Emil Smith Rowe to be anything based off his performances last season. So, um, in terms of you know the the transition from being kind of a, a who's that to you know a legitimate player on an increasingly legitimate looking team, I think is also a factor for why I picked Emil. Yeah, I mean, Emil would have been my was was going to be my second choice. Um, for for me, it is Gerard Bowen, and like you know, I say breakout player because. He, he was decent last year, but this year I really think he's starting to hit his strides. Um, and I think, you know, when, when Liverpool were linked with him last summer, I was just kind of ambivalent about it. wasn't really too excited. But now I would love nothing more than to see him in a, well, in a, I say a red jersey, a Liverpool jersey um, next season. Six goals and seven assists already. I think it's a big part of why West Ham are – in, in this fight for the top four, although, you know, they're fourth right now. Arsenal have two games at hand over them. Tottenham have four games at hand over them. 
so a lot can change. But I think that Jared Bowen has really been emblematic overall of how impressive West Ham have been. So yeah, for me, for me, it's Jared Bowen. But let's get to the best signing over the summer. Um, actually, I want to wait for yours because it was it was interesting. Yeah, actually, uh, I'd save actually for last. Yeah, Jesse, why don't you start us off with this one? Yeah, and, and I think you you could go between a bunch of guys. Um, I, I I was thinking Ramsdale, but I think that's kind of a little bit of an obvious one. Um, as he as he's been brilliant. Um, I think you could go to jo- Jose Sar on um on Wolves, who's been a brilliant goalkeeper as well, and has completely changed um, I think the uh, how compact they are as a defensive end, and uh, he was brilliant versus United as well during during the game. But um. I think you got to go with Tomiyasu here. And um, actually, I kind of talked about Arsenal playing better. The biggest weakness for them last year was a right-back position, and fans were screaming out. Hector Bellerin was, certainly was not the option. Uh, Cedric Juarez, as it's proven this year, has just not been the option. Chambers struggles going forward, doesn't have the pace. Um, very inconsistent at times, reminds me of the old Arsenal. And you bring in a guy like Tomiyasu, who I should mention didn't play any of the first three games either. Um, wasn't part of that, you know, tragic um, start of the season. Comes in, is a solid right, you know, solid defensively, doesn't lose headers, doesn't lose a 50-50, you know, doesn't lose the 50-50 balls. Um, starting to get better going forward, but I think they kind of rely on Tierney a little bit more of that. And, and um, you know, when Zaka has the ball, Tommy Osi does overlap. But you're starting to see his ability to cross, put in a beautiful cross to Martinelli, um, who scored on a one-touch uh, one goal, I believe, against it was Newcastle. Um, I think it was his first touch of the game as well for uh, Martinelli. But completely has changed that back form. We could go into Ben White and Gabriel and Tierney as the reasons why. But I think you, it starts with a rock-solid right back that they were missing last year. Um, Ramsdale may be the better signing. Tomiyasu is the more valuable player to Arsenal, though. I, I think... I, I agree with you on that because I think right back was really a serious area where there's an area where our sort of really, really struggled over the past year. Um, so over the past several years, actually, I mean, Bellerin wasn't working out. Chambers hasn't really been much better. So yeah, when you see Tommy Austin, he's got, to, I think he's sort of the complete package. I mean, his ability to defend, mm-hmm. he can contribute very well on both sides of the, both sides of the pitch. Mm-hmm. For me, this is going to be an interesting one. I'm going to go Ronaldo. Um, and I just think, you know, when you look at the the biggest impact that a player's had since signing over the summer, I, I, it's him. I mean, look, there are only eight goals, right? But at 36 years of age, playing in what's a mediocre United team, even though he's surrounded by good players, but they're a mediocre team, um, I just think he's done very well. And you wonder where United would be without his goals. And you look at how he's performed in the Champions League as well, six goals in five He wouldn't games. be in the top United six, would be that's playing for sure. I mean, United been playing football on Thursday nights this year if it wasn't for Ronaldo's goals. Ooh, you sure? You sure we get third place yes. in that group? I am are you sure absolutely we, you, sure. Are you scored, sure we okay, get third place in that group? against Atalanta. He scores two goals against Atalanta. And no, 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 no. You think we're, I, you think we're getting fourth? Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fair I enough, agree. Yeah. I absolutely agree. Either you way, Voinus, uh, yeah. And we wouldn't, even, we wouldn't even be sniffing the top six in the Prem right now if not for him. So there you go. I, I also want to go into Ronaldo. I was taking a look at this earlier. His player rating in Champions League matches is almost an eight, which is incredibly high for like a player rating per game. Um, just to give a sense, he was he's at about a 
six point I believe it was six point nine four for his Premier League games. He's had it eight for his um, Champions League games. Um, absolutely has carried them. And I mean, I think it's the obvious pick, Alex, as well as Ronaldo. I mean, the most impact for a team. Exactly. Um, yeah. So Jeff and Akshay, you guys have very similar picks. Uh, we'll the uh, <laughs> we we agree, but before I give uh, the pick that Akshay and I have, and I'll let Akshay take the lead on it, I'm gonna give a little bit of a shout out to uh, an absolutely fantastic bit of business, which was uh, Wolves picking up Jose Saw. Yeah. Uh, he has been the second best shot sa- saver in the Prem this year, and by a pretty considerable margin. He's had yeah, he's, to too. he's at like, like by not like inconsiderable margin by roughly a tenth of a goal per game. He's above the rest of the pack. Um, now first place is De Gea, who's just been unbelievable this year and back on the throne as the best shot saver in the Prem by, by another fair margin. Uh, by the way, worth about half a goal every 90 minutes he plays. Um, just by himself in terms of what he can do saving. But Jose saw right behind him at, at 0.35, 0.34. And that is, for a keeper, that's absolutely delightful. To, to just to be worth positive difference, let alone to be that positive a difference on the field is, is impressive. And Wolves have needed it. They have been the most economical team in the league when it comes to, I think they have like a point per goal scored or something stupid like that. Um, they, they win games 1-0, they lose games one nil or they draw one, uh, one or, or nil, nil. They just, they refuse to do anything else. They're not a team that's been scoring a lot and they've needed him and he's provided in a huge way. I also think when you talk about keepers, Aaron Ramsdale has to get out. I, I think he deserves a shout. It, mm, he's been excellent. No, he's been bang average. No, he's average. worth, no he's worth okay. 0.02. You are he's worth 0.02 okay, goals a game. That is saying average. This is the point at which we have to bring in the impact of intangibles. Okay, we can't just talk about stats, especially not in a sport like soccer, where stats can only go so far. Ramdale's impact as a defensive leader and as a morale booster for an Arsenal team that is extremely young and desperately needs a veteran person, especially in defense, to come in and ramp up. That like that impact that Ramsdale has cannot be understated. And, and Jose Zaha the has the quality of the saves he makes as well. Yeah, I mean, I think the quality, but I think Oxide brings up the bigger point is you look at Leno, who's not a you know, is a very good shot stopper. Not a, a leader, not a leader in any season, sense. But he's very he's passive not a leader. He's very passive personality, slow on the ball. Like, I know Ramsdale in terms of shot saver, but his distribution, I don't think there's anyone better than Ederson the Prem in terms of distribution with the ball. Some of the passes he's made are just absolutely brilliant. Do you even look at the Liverpool game at 10 men hitting Martinelli on, on a run to start to start basically one of their only chances? Um, his leadership in the back, and he might be, this kid's, tw- you know, I know we talked about veteran leadership. He looks like a veteran. He's 23 years old. Yeah, he's still um, he's also hilarious, by the way. Oh, he's hilarious. Oh, he's he's an absolute. He's just. It, it's great to have someone who's a great personality, not only for your locker room, but also on the pitch, and it helps improve. Like uh, for a team, especially like Arsenal, who have had real disconnects in recent seasons between the players, the manager, and the ownership group, to have someone like Ramsdale who can unite everybody—not the ownerships, but at least you can unite the manager and the players and just boost everybody's morale and mood in general. That's that's something that can't be counted in stats, but it makes the player even more impactful. And and the thing is what's like, also, I think a bit surprising as well, is that like no one was really expecting much from him. No one had really understood why Arsenal shelved out 30 million for a player that they thought would just be basically filling the bench for, for Leno. Right. He had been relegated. I forget who, I forget who was with, 
but Sheffield you know, United. he's really held his own this year at the very least. Um, brilliant. But yeah, so no, it wasn't. It was in Sheffield. I think it was Bur- uh, no, Burnmouth, wasn't it? No, I think Bournemouth. it was. Well, either way, no, 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 it was way. Sheffield I mean, because Dean Henderson went back to United. Yep, yep, you're right, you're right. Yeah, but was Sheffield? Uh, and it's I surprising. He, to... You could even put him as the biggest surprise because uh, none of that leadership was on display in his season with Sheffield. Not a single exactly. ounce. Yeah, I know. I, absolutely. Which it's, maybe it's maybe makes you think that um, <laughs> it might not actually be him. Whoa, go who, figure. Who is it then? Who, how do you explain that change? Is it do you credit Arteta for that? I mean, it's not a bad place to start. Hmm. I, a guy who didn't show leadership one year suddenly becoming magical leader the next year, and who has been a bang average keeper okay, when it but comes what, to what saying. Leadership Arteta showed before before like November of this season, and now all of a sudden he's showing leadership. You can make the exact same argument for Arteta, or he's been showing. It yeah, doesn't decrease or, or, the value. Or it could be a, a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of the third thing. We've been talking about some great signings that Arsenal have made, some players who have stepped up. Maybe some of that credit goes to those guys. And not a commanding presence. Okay, I, I think also, you know, he's, he's still a commanding presence. And maybe instead of looking at the fact that, you know, maybe Ramsdale wasn't as impactful with Sheffield, it might have just been because he was playing with a terrible team. Yeah, I hate teams that are, like, fighting for European spots. Uh, when, when the season ends before he comes in. Yeah, but there's so, so much. Okay, hold on, hold on. No, actually, Arsenal wasn't, but Sheffield was. Sheffield came, Sheffield finished their year as a top 10 team, and Ramsdale came in, and they were. Championship one, right now? And they were one of the worst teams out there. Listen, I. Championship are you right blaming now, Ramsdale for Sheffield? How did that fight for you? I'm saying Ramsdale didn't, didn't help them. Ramsdale didn't, didn't help them, but Sheffield Look at his highlight go for the year. First of all, still brilliant. First of all, you're leaving out very conveniently that even in the season before that, when Sheffield challenged for Europe, Europa League, they had serious, serious issues that were exposed as soon as the new Premier League season started. They had the they had the blessing of being a newly promoted team in the Prem. That therefore means that teams will always take at least a season to figure you out. But once they do, you better have solutions to your problems you had or else you're going to get bounced. And that's exactly what happened to Sheffield United. And that's what's happening to Leeds and so that happened yep. to yes. an extent. If you think that's what happened to Leeds and you haven't paid attention to their injury to list this year. It, and... has, it has, okay, huh. Jeff, Leeds still have mon- many of the same issues that teams that have come before them in their same situation had that they're not addressing. You can't just yeah. blame all their issues on injuries. No, but you can blame most of them. Uh, I think we're staring a little bit away from yeah, the topic. Yeah, thank you. And, I, and I think we want to get into all the issues. And you guys have a very similar point in terms of best signing, uh, best signing of the season. So, Jeff, do you want to go back to what you're saying? Yeah, I, I, all right, Jeff, do you still want me to introduce it? Um, I will introduce it and I'll let you take over uh, because the true best cheap, signing. It wasn't summer. <laughs> yeah, the, the true best signing has been Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman uh, for Newcastle. <laughs> What a stunning piece of business he did to buy the club. <laughs> yes. No, you know, but in all seriousness, I mean, it's, it's, we're all talking about, you know, we all expect now that in the next uh, four to five years, Newcastle are going to be another Manchester City. And that's a huge turnaround for a club that is still in releg under relegation threat this season. So, yeah, I mean, it is a brilliant piece of business. I don't know. How, I don't know how you know, it, it's sketchy. And it's really how quickly also, are we really? Yeah, I think Puri and I have talked about this uh, at length before. Uh, let's just say we don't agree with the idea that it'll be four to five years that they'll be competing for Premier League titles consistently because they're missing well, the a few point pieces. Is right, and not, not the point mention, is now they're well funded, right? They're going to be trending in the right direction, regardless. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, a lot of, I mean, if they get relegated. And it, then they're trending in the wrong direction. It, yeah. It'll take yeah, one year that, to go back. It's always expected to, to be a possibility this season anyway, right? We've, we factored that in in our earlier discussions about this as well. It's like, okay, yeah, if you're expecting relegation in year one, this is how you work back up. It'll, I mean, they're, they're going to be okay. They're, and I think part of the, and again, the factors that I put in for why this is a great signing is they're a club with incredible heritage. They are one of the founding clubs of the Premier League itself. So they're a club with a lot of history, a club that you would not want to see, you know, go into the doldrums of championship or, or League One even, which is Agree the way to disagree. they were trending. Agree to disagree. That's the way they were trending, you know, maybe yeah. not as far no. as down as League One, but it's... Uh-oh, we uh, lost yeah, Jeff's audio. No, I mean, I think... I mean, Archie, I'm just saying I wouldn't mind seeing him down there for a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, neither no, I, I, I don't think it, none of us should mind but, seeing him down there because they're no, actually no, they're, the they're fans of the, the, the other teams in the top six. Once they... Uh, know, with with, with all the history they have, send them down to League Two for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, okay, the point is, okay, you're, you're, saving, you're saving a very historical team and a team that still, you know, resonates with a lot of people, a lot of Premier League fans, whether or not they're actually fans of Newcastle or not. They're a team that is, you know, fun to, to get behind for a lot of people, I think. And that, that has a lot of heritage. Jeff, I, I know I, you're going to challenge I, that I because you're a United Newcastle fan. No, that... still disagree with you. That, that doesn't change the fact that it's sports washing first, which we should pause and say is just generally a bit. It's a great signing for Newcastle, the club. It's a terrible signing for Newcastle, the fans who might not want to root for, for slave owners and, and blood money. May, you know, maybe there's some fans who are Fine. leaving their club but, because. I mean, I think also. No, I don't think so. <laughs> no, no, there's no, no, they're not going to lose. No, I don't think gain a lot. Like, I, they might gain a lot more than they'll lose, but they will lose some fans. There will be some fans probably. They will they will lose some home fans. Every team loses home fans when they get new ownership. So that's yeah. not something that's unique. To I mean, Newcastle except for Man City because they didn't have any fans to begin with. Um, yeah, but Man City, <laughs> we don't. None of us root for Man City. <laughs> Nobody roots for Man City. Not even Man City fans root for Man City. Uh, I, I think I think that's a good segue into our next one, which is biggest flop. And Jeff, why don't you take this one off to go first? Because I think the three I hear. I think I think up. you three agree, and I think that I. I think I'm a United fan. That's the explanation for this. No, no, no. I think I think your pick is Honestly, the right it's, answer. It's but it's for, for discussion, we might as well bring up other people who have also been blocked. Because That's for fair. four of us, one name isn't good enough for this segment. So kind of runner up, your silver medal is in the mail, Jack Grealish. He's a come on. I don't even I don't think he's even the civil I don't think he's even the silver medalist. You're right. Four goal contributions in 23 games is uh not good for uh, for as much money as he cost. Romelu Lukaku has three goal contributions, and those were in the that's first three true. goals. That's not true. First he, has five goals. he has five goals in about 14 games, Lukaku. That's not, a, that's not in the Premier League, though, right? That's across. I'm talking all. Oh, you're talking all. Okay, okay. I'm talking all competitions. Grealish has four goal contributions in 23 games. That's abysmal for a, for a player who's supposed to be starting for England and, you know, cost north of $100 million. That's not good enough. No, no, it isn't. I mean, I, I, the one thing I would touch on with that is, do you blame Grealish for that, or do you blame City for that? Because I blame City for that. I blame City for the no, way I they're playing Grealish. him. I blame Grealish. You, you, but there are a bunch how, of how other you... attacking midfielders yeah. at City who have thrived. Mars has thrived. Bernardo Silva has thrived. But, yeah, because thrived. they've been playing in the Manchester City system for years, and they are players that were already fit in their playing style and the way they succeeded to succeed in Man City. Okay, but, it's all, uh, but none of them were nearly as bad, and they were all fine. Like yeah. they all hit the ground. But, you know, I, I, what I'm, I'm gonna, saying I'm, is Grealish. All right, go ahead, Jesse. Go ahead. No, I was just. I think that. That Grealish isn't getting, you know, as much 
negative attention because City is winning. And I don't think it's possible to blame City for Grealish not meeting, um, you know, the, the price tag yet because they're winning games and when and winning solves problems. So Grealish isn't, hasn't been in fact, but you also look at guys that, you know, City has a weird and interesting system where they have about 20 guys that play first team football. Maybe, maybe eight, you know, maybe 18 guys. So he's not getting consistent reps, but, you know, not everyone, you know, succeed in their first season at City. And I think it's not easy when you're not playing consistently, when you're playing with different people in each game and you come from a system where you're the main guy and now you're just one of 11 on the field and you're probably not a top six player on the field either. Um, yeah, and that's the main right point now. I wanted to make. Yeah, and I, I, you look at Grealish as well. He's consistently was cutting inside, cutting inside, cutting inside. And he got very predictable. Um, and he's starting to hit the outside more. He's starting to mix up what he's doing. And he's starting to fit more into the system recently. But he definitely got off to a slow start, and it's going to be a slow season. Who do you guys think is a bigger – given the circumstances, just at, at the club, who do you think is a bigger flop, Lukaku or Grealish? Lukaku, Lukaku. for sure. Lukaku. Absolutely. Lukaku. Grealish, Grealish by a long shot. And by the way, uh, Lukaku and Grealish, in both those instances, I blame the club, not the player. But that's a bigger discussion. I, well, I, how are you going to blame Chelsea for Lukaku not playing well? Lukaku against Man City, you saw he the, the ball away, what, Did like he touch the ball? Times. It's not Chelsea's fault. I don't know if he – I don't remember him touching the ball against City. I Here's the uh, thing he, with no, there was one. There was one play where Chelsea won a great counter, and he just – he had an option. I think it might have been Marcus Alonso on the left who was in a ton of space. He had another player on the right who was in a ton of space, and he, and he bottled it. Lukaku's yeah, not been I, I'm not, I did not blame Chelsea for that at all. I should correct. I'm not saying uh I don't think Lukaku's played well this season, but I think that the root issues that he's experiencing are Chelsea's fault, not his. How so? In the in that oh, once again, uh service into the box, just as was the case with his tenure in Manchester United. I think there's not enough service into the box for him in the way that he would succeed. There's not enough uh, aerial balls for him to attack. There's not enough emphasis on just loading crosses into the box because that's the way Lukaku can thrive is by attacking balls that are delivered from the wings. Chelsea are certainly doing a better job of that than United did, but I still think it's lackluster. Uh, and I also believe that Chelsea, first of all, they were, um, Chelsea apparently did not bring him in with the intention to make him the sole starting striker, which to me is puzzling given that he's Romelu Lukaku. He is the man. He is what, at the top of his goals, game. He's one of the goals, best strikers in Europe. 25 he goals is a, in Serie A last season? Yeah, I mean, he was one of the best strikers in Europe last season with Inter Milan. Um, all signs pointed to this guy is should be the man. He should be your striker, and he should be starting every match. But Chelsea and uh, Thomas Tuchel apparently did not have that plan for him. And I don't really understand if you're bringing in Lukaku, uh, why you're not going to be starting him every match. By the way, that's um, uh, bring in Lukaku like casually for 115 million euros. Like, exactly, let's not let's exactly. not ignore that part of it. It's yeah. not a it's not a low price tag. It's not like they it, got him on a bargain. It, like Inter Milan's contract with him was up, and they needed to get rid of him. Like no, this was a marquee signing of the summer. I, I look I look at the signing too, and I I don't fully get it from the the sense that Thomas Tuchel enjoys. Obviously, you know Warner's kind of been all over the place, but. You have um, you have Kai Havertz as well, who he's clearly liked to play up top more than at where he kind of he's plays a midfielder. Position. Yeah, but he like he's he, Kai Havertz has played a lot at striker while he plays Pulisic, Ziyech, yeah. and Mount kind of at the playing the the multi ten position. Um, if you're not going to throw crosses into the box, like you need someone that's going to hold up play 
bring the other two in, bring the wingbacks in as well with Reese James and, you know. And that's not uh, Lukaku. That's and it's not, not Lukaku's and it's not style. Lukaku at all. But so the signing buy him in the first place. Yeah, the, the signing, it exactly. almost seems like why spend the, that the, kind of money on the him? interest and was there, so we're just going to sign him. Why did you buy Grealish in the first place? Man City already have tons of attacking midfielders. Why did they not need another one? Well, what do they need? In all fairness, what do they need? Okay, the Grealish one is less of a problem because he fits into that system. Yes, he's one more piece. No, he doesn't. That's my argument. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. He does. He's a player who relies on individual skill and performance to win. That's not City Well, Well, that's not soccer then. City's not about individual performance. But you're not going to thrive like that. thrive on that. Dortmund have thrived on that with Holland for the past two seasons. But he's not, but he's not built like Holland, and, and you're not going to become and one of the best teams in the world like that. It's just not going to happen. It's a different. Portugal, it's a different. I mean, I, I think. I think. Sir, I think. Portugal have done have. that. I mean, Portugal the, with Ronaldo, Juventus with Ronaldo, but, but Portugal any team with Ronaldo, Liverpool with Suarez that one season where they almost won the league. Um, Even right. to an extent, Liverpool with Salah, you could say. Uh, Maybe I'm not saying it's that you're just I, wrong on that. Yeah. Um, okay, but I, I, but, well, <laughs> we should stay on topic. But we all agree the biggest flop yeah. so far has been Jane. Jane and Sancho. I mean, no yeah. question about it. Uh, what? One goal and zero assists in 17 games for an 80. Well, uh, he has, I'm pretty sure he has an assist. I could be wrong. No, not, a also, not another. Zero. He has zero assists. Uh, another. Okay, yeah, I, that's my fault. Sorry, two goals. Uh, he had one in the Champions League that I'm remembering specifically. Another case, by the way, of a marquee signing, apparently uh, content to come off the bench. All right. Oh, sorry. The team content to play him off the bench. Why is Jaden Sancho not starting full time? I have never understood that. I still don't also, understand that. He's still Bruno not Fernand- starting every match. How Bruno Fernandez has been this season? I mean, obviously. He's, he I don't know how Bruno Fernandez and Jaden Sancho are, have, have anything to do with each other. Once it's Cam and one is a winger. Doesn't matter what Bruno's Which doing. means they work directly in the United system. They're supposed to work directly with each other. Exactly. It doesn't matter how Bruno's playing. It does. That doesn't it, it absolutely does because they play the same no, position. It does matter. It, 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 they play exactly the same position in, in Ralph's system or or Jesse, you're just telling us you haven't watched any United in the last no, but, uh, two months. There is no reason there's that Jaden Sancho... Watch, who, who would want to watch? <laughs> you're right, Perry. I'm sure you had... I'm sure you wouldn't, you wouldn't have wanted to watch last weekend's game. I mean, right? That wasn't interesting at all. Oh, for me it was. Yeah, it was fun to watch continue. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure for a neutral it would have been fun to watch. But, that was but, a great game. Yeah, but no, no, it was a great game. Nobody Ashton expected Villa, that to be a good game going into it. All signs pointed to that matchup being a snooze fest. Oh, that actually, you just don't watch. No. If you think United's Ashton been a snooze Villa, fest to be terrible, you're wrong. Shout if you think United's been a snooze fest to be terrible, no chance. Fourteen minutes in fourteen minutes has more assists than Jaden Sancho in the Premier League. But why? Why is Jaden Sancho playing anywhere near the position that Bruno Fernandes is playing? That's not his position. Because Bruno's been put out on the wing, which makes absolutely is, no yeah, sense. Be, that, yeah. that, that's the problem you have, Jesse. Not, not that Sancho Bruno are playing the same position, that it's on the wing. That, like, they, that's they, a problem. True, because they're playing, could, the, right, you're right, because they're playing a 4 2 2 2. You're right. And, they, and they've moved it. The last two matches, they've moved to a 4 2 3 1. Bruno has looked miles better. He was the best player in the first 45 minutes against Villa and like, like by a long shot, he looked like he was back in the system where he was lighting the world on fire as one of the best midfielders in the Prem and not all and, the way and, back, and, but and then Gerard brought continue on. Uh, either way, I think it's a good segue into, into the next segment, which is the biggest shock of the season. And for me, it's how poor United have been. Cause we, you know, you talk about all these big signings they made over the summer, Sancho being one of them, Ronaldo being one of them. Veron being one of them. This is supposed to be a summer where they transitioned from a side that was, you know, top four contender to a title contender. 
and now their top four hopes, just their top four hopes, are in serious jeopardy. This team should have been contending for the title. Um, it, it, it's quite shocking how abysmal they have been. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, the There's most worrying thing. Well, the, no, no. I, uh, the, the scariest thing for me is that there are no excuses anymore. Uh, last season, you could say, well, our defense was still not fully repaired. We hadn't signed uh, another center back yet. We did that. We signed Veron. Uh, who, who probably missed uh, most of the games and has played like five or six uh, Premier League yeah. games of this. I, like, I, it's he's played a lot less than you think he has. Um, yeah, I, he's like, played ten. He's played ten games. And and, 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 no, and again, another excuse is okay. And he has more assists than Jamie Sancho. Yeah, our offense wasn't quite fixed yet because we hadn't, you know, we hadn't signed Sancho. We hadn't brought in, you know, better people. We brought in Cristiano Ronaldo and Jaden Sancho. Our offense is good to go. I'm sorry, uh, you cannot make an offense on paper any better than, you know. Any, any better I, I than think, that, at least I from the signings that the were available. The start of the season was that on paper, United probably had the best front. On paper, we had the best chance team. outside of City to win the league. On paper. Yeah. That is probably that's, that's probably a little... Liverpool up there? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd probably... And, 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 and if we're looking, probably, if we're looking and people were saying the talent of the team, you can make that case. People sure. were saying, okay, like people weren't even considering Chelsea, right? It was basically, it was City are the City are probably the favorites, are, un, unless you were, you know, like Jeff and Alex and thought that City couldn't succeed without a striker. <clears throat> I was right about that. Thank you. Um, and then they were talking on the next level. It was United and Liverpool challenging City. That was yeah. that was it, right? Well, clearly that uh, Chelsea was absolutely in that conversation that we had Chelsea, before this was started. But not not nearly as much, not nearly as much as United and Liverpool, right? And no, I think they were not, even. Actually. No, I, I disagree. Right, I think well, that's not important. I think a that's very close point. race between those four teams. That's right. what well, the point is right. We were expected to be a part of that, right? And there are no excuses at this point. At this point, there are no weaknesses in the lineup on paper. The personnel that we have, the roster that we have, should be more than enough to challenge City for the title or any other team. And there are no excuses for how poor we've been. And 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 that also you guys, relates to Jesse. United have been pretty pretty terrible their last five games, right? Okay, this whole season, Jeff. That's the okay, whole this point. whole season they've been terrible, but also these last five games, not good, right? Uh, draw, loss, win, loss, win, going backwards in time. Not very good. No, yeah, but it's yeah, also I, I think that's kind of Jesse. That, that that goes to your point as well. They sacked Ole, right? They had the opportunity. I'll, I'll let you take it away, but they had yeah, the opportunity just, to sign a very successful manager, and they basically turned it down. Yeah, I, I just don't. I don't understand uh, when you get someone like Conte available. I, it's one thing when you are kind of not sure, um, you know, if the manager is right, and we're just going to give him more time. But to give him another few weeks and then to sack him, um, it, it doesn't make sense. And I kind of also want to go back to Oxide's point of, you know, the Jaden Sancho signing to me is like the sexy signing. It's someone that is young, that sound, you know, is really good English player um, coming into the Prem, coming to Manchester United, going to express himself on the ball, pace, good shot, good dribble moves, going to be a lot of fun to watch. But they didn't address their biggest concern which is they don't have a good center defensive mid. Like if I'm Manchester United, I go and do whatever I can to go get someone like Yves Basuma from Brighton, who's a strong, you know, number six, plays well, holds the ball That's up. never going to be the player United signs. It, it, like if, if we were going to fill that position, there's no way that boardroom isn't choosing a player who starts for England in Declan Rice. That's I, the player you throw all the money at. I agree, but for, 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 for a solution area. right now, he's better than McTominay. He's better than Fred. He's better than Matic. I'm just naming someone like that, that you could probably mm. put out a good 40, 50 you million. You throw some respect on my, a couple of my boys' names there. 
in all fairness, they're just not doing the job, though. You know, McTominay's okay. Um, Backed a I couple think, goals in the last few games. Yeah, yeah, but it's just CDM. That's not his job. Uh, no, but it never hurts. Your, it never hurts. It, it never hurts. But I, I think he's okay. I don't think Matic. I think Matic has passed his prime. He's washed. Uh, he's, he's, he, listen, he, he will do an absolute shift, picking up a yellow and sprinting for 30 <laughs> minutes and then walking for the next 60. Like, he's, <laughs> exactly. And Fred, it's got to be the most cons- inconsistent midfielder in the Prem right now. I Fred mean, finds a way to make, like, he's just spent five minutes chasing down the ball. He'll end up the furthest forward pressing, showing them, like, he's got the most golden retriever energy of any player in the Premier League, and yet half the time his passes end up in the third row. No, Andre, Conte is disciplined. He'll stay in his position and he'll crush everything because he's smart. Fred is a dog chasing a ball around a park. He's but, everywhere. The motor doesn't stop, but he has no idea what he's doing. Jeff, I remember though. I remember that you were somewhat opposed to United bringing Conte in because you didn't like his playing style and the fact that I know, don't think that he would have been any better of a solution this year. You, you don't think United would have improved under this Conte? year? No, no, this year. I don't think I, he I, look at look, look what's happening with Tottenham. Conte's completely turned that team around. I, um, imagine no, thinking Conte would do the same. Yeah. First of all, around. no, he hasn't. He absolutely, he absolutely has. He absolutely no, has. No, he hasn't. Dude, if Tottenham their form in the Premier games, League is still Tottenham, incredibly inconsistent. Tottenham have four games in hand over West Ham. They win two of them. They're in fourth. No one that that would have been unthinkable under but when he was first hired, that was unthinkable. So we have the fact that you're not saying already that it's a guarantee that they'll win at least two of them already points to the fact that Conte has not turned Spurs around. Well, okay, it's it's not a guarantee that anyone wins any game. It's a Premier League. No, but if you're Spurs, if you're Spurs and you've been completely turned around, they're still in a position where they're still in a position where they can get into fourth place, and no one thought that it would have been possible by the time that was Nuno was sacked. Okay, he's absolutely turned them around. Um, and by the way, by the way, by the way, let's let's pause and capable of turning Perry, around. He let's talk about the job he's done. I'm let's sorry? talk about the job Conte's done. Let's let's go through every game he's brought in and talk about the job Conte's done. He has, right? he's, he's yet to lose a league game with with Spurs. November seventh can't beat a ten can't score against a ten man Everton. November twenty first two one win against a bottom of the table Leeds. December second two nil against Brentford. December 5th, 3-0 against Norwich. Good job taking care of the fluff. Like, fantastic. Can't beat a 10-man Liverpool. Okay, it does not change the fact. Oh, first of all, they completely outplayed Liverpool that game, by the way. Um, It does not change the fact that his job job coming in, get Tottenham in the top four, and right now, they're – I mean, they're not there yet. They have games in hand, and I think they're in a very solid position – to to get there, the idea yeah. that he couldn't turn United Sorry. around instantly—we're not—we're not done yet he because turns, he he delivers improvement instantly. This is what Sorry. he does. It's what he did at Juventus when he inherited a team that finished seventh in Serie A and went unbeaten with them. It's what he did with Chelsea when he won the league with a team that finished tenth. It's what he did at Inter Milan with a team that hadn't won the league in ten years and he had won the league with them. This is the, this is a guy who, like, overnight almost improved teams. So the, the idea that he couldn't improve United, I disagree. I think United would be in the title race right now had they brought Conte in at the start, at least in the summer, they would be possibly title contenders. United are never going to give the control to Conte to, uh, to make the decisions over the summers that would allow him to take the job in the first place. Conte's the kind of player who needs control over size. It's why he's left most of the jobs he's left is that he has disagreements with the board. And if you think United's board are going to let Conte run the show, he was never in play to begin with. It doesn't change the fact. We're talking about the job Conte would do with the players that he has. I'm sure he would do a fine job for 
10 to 11 months until the summer happened. And then he would irreparably leave the team and they'd be hunting for a new manager. And that's not improvement. It's, wait, it's improvement. To, to, have to, to have to hunt for a new manager in 12 or 18 months anyways because of an irreparable damage between him and the board isn't exactly improving. Oh, oh, it is, though. Because oh, if you look at where Chelsea were, Chelsea were 10th, and then when Conte left, they'd won a Premier League and an FA Cup. So that is improvement. Oh, but let, 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 let's talk about improvement in terms of what Manchester United can do. Now, what what is the fix during the summer? Let's say that they do finish in 6th or 7th. And I mean, I still think that there's a chance that they can go and squeeze in the top four as they kind of have, they've been no Manchester United over the last three years will randomly hit a spell and look like the best team in the Prem for 10 to 12 games at times. And we've seen that they did it last season, I believe, or was it two seasons before that they just randomly snuck, start to win games. But let's say that doesn't happen. What, what needs to happen over the summer? Because they did have a big summer. They signed Ronaldo. They signed um, Sancho. They signed Varane, who, by the way, Alex, as I told you, Ben White would be a much better signing. You're right. Varane. You're right. Okay. Yeah. Um, but what, what, what does need to happen now is the summer? Do they need to lay off the guys and get rid of some dead wood? Or is it we need to just or is it need to spend more money? It's not spending more money. I'll tell you that we already tried that. It is. It is spending more money, and it's exactly what Jesse was talking about earlier. It's signing a marquee defensive midfielder to come in and run the show there, and it's also finding the next long-term manager. And whether that's uh, Ten Hag or or Poch or whoever they decide to go for in the summer, it's finding someone that's going to be a long-term solution that's going to work with the board instead of not at the board. So, like United was never going to be the team to relinquish control to a manager in that way. They're going to be a team that might work with the manager, but Conte requires 100% dictatorship over how the transfers go, and he was never going to get that. It's and and he was never going to be an option, and they're going to look for options that will work with them, and. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if some of the some of the team leaves. Pogba, who hasn't played much of a part this year, will be gone in the summer. Um, and I, I'm sure there will be a couple other players on the Lingard will will be leaving as a free agent. He'll get a big old fat signing bonus to go play for Everton. I'm almost sure of it. And, yeah, I, and who knows what else? You can do. make all the signings and bring in all the new managers you want. It does not solve the greater issues we have in Manchester United. I, sorry, what? I, okay, what else do you want to do? Yeah, I think you bring up an interesting point about, you know, I, I said before about that center defensive mid, and then you mentioned Pogba leaving. Wouldn't it be slightly ironic about the reason why Pogba hasn't been into Manchester United is because he does like to be m- more expressive going forward. And he hasn't been able to fit into the system because they don't have a rock solid center defensive mid. And the second they do that, he would leave. Like, isn't that the perfect opportunity for him to actually now and shine at Manchester United? Like that's what they've been. It feels like that's what they've been missing to the key to Pogba's success so much. So he had to play on the left wing for sometimes in a four, two, three, one, like the, he can't play the holder there because they haven't had the guy that could just stay back and control the, and control the like center defensive mid. Because we've seen, because the, the, the reason Pogba was going to leave is because Pogba's it, Pogba runs the Pogba show. And by the way, when the team was hitting, when the team was firing on all cylinders and looking like maybe the best team in the prem for a stretch, under Ole, it was, uh, let's just say it wasn't Pogba causing all the improvements. It was Bruno. And, and when the team didn't have a holding midfielder, it was still Bruno able to do it. And they're fighting for the same spot on the team. And Pogba's not winning that fight. And he's going to oh, go yeah. somewhere where he can, like, realistically, like right now, Pogba doesn't start on this team. Yeah. And he I, might I not do... be one of the three subs either. 
I, I want to get to just that I want to say, I want to, we should get to some of the other points here. Um, your biggest surprise, Jeff, you said Brentford. Yeah, they've played absolutely fantastic. Like, we're always going to get a surprise from the promoted teams, but I didn't expect it to be, you know, sneak in through the playoff Brentford. Like, yeah, I, mean, I think, well, we had them going down at the start of the season. We, we, everyone had them going yeah. down at the start of the season. And yes, they're in 14th, but they haven't played like the 14th best team. They've played like a solidly middle of the road team. I expect them to finish around. 10th or 11th when the year flushes out when the luck kind of evens out because they've played like a better team than some of the teams that are ahead of them right now yeah now brentford have been they deserve credit i think that's something we're all in agreement with um akshay your biggest surprise of the season it's got to be arsenal um the signings they made the turmoil they were still in the way they started the season nobody expected arsenal to be in the position they are now i think um that's safe to say um yeah, I, there's not much more to say on that. I mean, Arsenal is Arsenal, so it's always surprising when they do well nowadays and they're doing well right now. So, um, but yeah, especially like just to be as successful and as good as they are right now um, is. Do we, do we think Arsenal too. gets fourth at the end of the season? Nope. No. I don't know who takes it from them, but but if I've got to put money on it, and I probably go will put money on it, uh, Arsenal's going to Arsenal their way into getting fifth or sixth. I can't tell you how it'll happen. I can't tell you who will beat them, but they will find their way to implode just a little bit when it matters. Let, let me let me throw out a question to you guys. If Arsenal does get fourth, and one thing we haven't we won't discuss on here, I guess today is manager of the year. If Arsenal do get fourth, does Arteta win manager yes. of the year? He's had to deal with the Aubameyang situation, had to deal with a terrible start. Um, Probably, yeah, yeah, he okay. had, surely, surely. Yeah, we're talking just Premier League, right? Yeah. Um, I'd put I mean, Falka it's got to be him there. or Pep, right? It would have to be him no, or Pep. No, 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 I'd put, I'd no, put, no, I'd put, no, I'd we're put not giving it to Pep. There. We're not giving it to I, Pep put, when he has yeah, the budget I, that he does now. I'm sorry. We're probably still giving it to Pep, given that we expected this to be a, a four-team race for the title, and it's turned into a one-team race for the title in a in a very unprofessional way. I Purry's shaking his head like it's not a one-team race anymore. No, it's no, a no, one it's, team it's race. completely a one-team race. I agree. But Purry's sitting here. As terrible, much better budget. How can anyone look at the squad he has? How can anyone compete with that? that uh, I think I think we I think Falcon put Sean Dice in charge of that team and it still win the league pretty comfortably. Okay, um, player of the season. Uh, hold on, hold on, Perry. I want to pause for a second and just just acknowledge like a little something here and there. Uh, does Phil Jackson not deserve Coach of the Year when when MJ wins him a couple of rings? I don't follow basketball. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, you, you should know those names. Different situation. That's a different situation. No, but I, I do think so. It's not that different. It but, is but, though. It's but, so but you, different. But you also have to give Pep credit because the reason why Manchester City are in the position they are in is because of what Pep has done over the last five six years. And I know he's got the backing of the board and the ability to spend money. But you can, can spend as you much could, money as you, you want. You could spend mon- mon- as much money as you want, but it doesn't mean that it's always yeah. going to turn out successful. Okay? It's not like Arteta's lacking for cash either over at Arsenal, by the way. It, 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 it's our luck. Well thank, well, thank God, because they spent they took <laughs> yeah. years to finally spend money. And they instead of spending yeah. on one big signing, they went and built depth, which was a great decision. But, I mean, look at some of the signings that, you know, Pep, Pep has brought in over the years. And I, I'm getting, we're going to talk about later in terms of uh, most underrated players. But, I mean, Jao Cancelo, like, is a phenomenal signing. And Ruben Diaz is a phenomenal signing. Um, you know, bring, bring Torres yeah. was as well until he left. For Ferran Torres was great. Um, 
and he's Sorry, figured I just, out a way I, to use it. I, I refuse. I just ref, I, pretty much any great, pretty much any signing that's manager. he's a great manager. Honestly, any it's a yeah. lot easier to achieve what he. I think there are numerous managers who could do what he has done. You're right. It's really hard. It's really hard to go out and like win a Premier League title when you have you know two world class fullbacks and a front three that's just absolutely yeah. like Dude, the best I in the world. They, I, there are there there are at least I think I mean. I think Conte, Klopp, and Nagelsmann would all do just as good a job as Pep with that budget. And there might be there might even be more managers. Ancelotti possibly, Zidane possibly as well. So, I, mean, I think look. the difference. I, I'm not saying Pep should win Manager of the Year. I think you know this is just a continuation of what he's been doing for the past few seasons. So he's not doing anything new. Um, I think to win Manager of the Year, there has to be an element of uniqueness to what you're doing as opposed to what you've done previously. But anyway. Um, here's the one thing that I will say might be being missed about Pep when you're talking about other managers, could do just as good a job? They would not, they might be doing just as good a job and they might still be winning as many titles as City have, but Pep has City playing a style and Pep has City looking like a team that by the eye test, you turn on any individual match where they're in it and you look at the team they're playing you can physically see a difference in the body language of the team that they're playing. You can see the hope draining out of them because City is wearing them well, Yeah, because because they're the- human beings, Akshay. The teams that City play are human beings, and, and City's just a bunch of robots. It's a bunch of robots. It's not fair. Is there is one manager in the world right now who can have a team playing that style to that level of perfection, and that's Pep. Klopp could not have City playing a style that perfect. I totally. I, I don't. I don't want to not, say too far. They topic, would not. You are absolutely you look, wrong about that. You are you, just the eye test. Wrong. The eye test. The eye test of City teams. You can immediately tell it's a Pep run team. You can tell from the way you, they pass you did the not ball. Watch Liverpool you can tell from the way the ball is moved you, around you, the field. You, you can did. tell from the way the players move. You will not see that with a Nagelsmann team. You will not see that level of discipline and organization with a Klopp team. You will not see that level of discipline and organization with a Conte team. No, you and won't. Conte's teams are disciplined. Are you Conte's team have mind? defensive discipline. They have no offensive discipline. They have no plan about moving the ball around the midfield. They have no plan for how they break teams down on defense. Conte's teams are defensively disciplined. Do not make that error. I, no, I think I think in the midfield. I, I very much agree with with Oxa here. I I really do. I think that I, you could put a good Listen, lineup out there, but that doesn't mean that they are going to always perform. And like I said. Pep I'm has not saying Pep a, doesn't deserve credit. No, I'm just saying he's I understand not the best that, but Pep, in the world. But Pep has a, you know, I don't think some of the guys that he consistently plays are really that talented. I don't think Gabriel Jesus is that talented. Okay, I think he's a good player, but I don't think he's unbelievable. Dude, Gabriel right? Jesus is has to be incredible. There's an entire religion based around him. It's like, <laughs> come on, man. Okay, John Stones two years ago was getting shit on it consistently. He is a excellent defender right now for them. Okay, Kyle Walker is you know is is approaching it at an age where he's way past his peak. He's still killing it for them. Zinchenko is a decent player. He's not that good, but he's doing very well for City. Ilkay Gundogan, who was do, you know back in 2017, 2018, he's a mediocre center mid. He was not a mediocre. He was, he was not a mediocre, a mediocre center. He's a decent that, center a- mid that has become a goal who became a goal scoring machine last year. You take someone like Bernardo Silva, you could play Cam, he could play on the right side. You know, he played in the false nine position. Like, I, I think you have to give Pep a lot of credit. And I think that the mo- the key that makes City run and doesn't get enough credit for it is Rodri. Okay, he, well, he's the backbone of City's team. Well, let, let's... Uh, let's I, I love how many players you had to mention there and didn't mention uh, my player of the season. 
uh, the best ginger I athlete agree, ever. The, I, don't, like, I, don't, I, I agree with you. I, look, De Bruyne is. Hold on. It, just like, De Bruyne let's, is De Bruyne. I mean, that's all you have to I say. I want to engage in a different conversation. Is there a better ginger athlete in any sport on the planet? Is there a Name, better? <laughs> I mean, like maybe Ryan Ron Stella Weasley. Brini. Maybe Ryan Ron Weasley. Oh, Alex, don't even get involved. He used to play for the Celtics. No, they're Brian talking about Scalabrini. Brian. I'm talking about Ron Weasley. Brian, Brian Scalabrini is a meme. He's basically he's he was memed on as like the worst NBA player ever. So he made an entire show where he just like beat people one on one mercilessly, like people who challenged him to being like, oh, he, you know, blah, blah. but yeah, Brian Scalabrini is is, is and a Andy Dalton player of the season. Andy, um, no. Andy Dalton. <laughs> um, Where is he the backup of right now? Is he the backup of the Cowboys? Uh, uh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he played Bears. for the Cowboys. Or the Bears, he's sorry. The he... Bears trading starting oh, right, uh, with uh, Justin Fields. Yeah. Oh, Sean no, White. Sean over. White deserves in the conversation for best ginger athletes just, just of all time. Uh, not not a you know snowboarder anymore, but the, uh, of I mean, the gingers. Silver, in terms of silverware, De Bruyne and White are pretty close. And of the gingers, I think Sean White had better hair. Like my goodness, that those flowing locks. I mean, De Bruyne is objectively not an attractive person, but he I, is I, I a very attractive footballer. I disagree. Okay, either way. No. Um, so Jeff has KDB. The rest of us have Salah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty. It, Salah's yeah. kind of on another universe right now. Yeah. Um, At least I think prim, 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 Premier League it. wise, uh, uh, the entirety I'll, of Europe it might be a little closer. But uh, I, I want to respond to to Jeff's point, um, just because we're on a bit of a crunch for time. And so uh, we're going to transition to uh, most over and underappreciated player. This is a hot take, and in response to Jeff's point, I, I, I raised this: De Bruyne is the most overrated player right now in the Premier League. So who's your most underappreciated? He's. Hold on. I, 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 oh, I, I want to hear the explanation for this one. Yeah, I want to hear the explanation in that hour. Kevin De Bruyne, this great attacking midfielder, has one assist in 16 games. That's Trent Alexander-Arnold, a defender, has 10. But but that... Don't say that. So, so. Okay. Alexander-Arnold, a right winger. Pause. Alexander-Arnold, a right he's winger? A right he is a plays defender. farther forward than David Beckham did. Alex, he's a right winger. Can we just <laughs> Don't lie, Alex. Trent Alexander-Arnold is not a fullback. <laughs> Look, look, this, uh, Jeff, do you want to go off on him or do you want me to? No, no, go go for it, Jesse. The, the second, how, this, how does a defender have 10 times as many assists? Hold on, hold on. Jesse, go. There's a, there's a system, okay? And the thing, as we talked about before, that makes City so great is that there are so many different options, but there's also a system they are – they are very proper. They do not get you know, they do not get beat from an organizational standpoint. There are so many things that De Bruyne does that don't always make him the last person to pass the ball. Okay. Obviously, I watch a lot of Arsenal. Odegaard has, I believe, four assists. He could easily ha- he he could easily have nine or ten, but he is also the guy that creates the offense and the ten that now sends it to someone like Saka or Marnelli or Tierney, who then gets the assist. But his name's not on paper. Same thing with De Bruyne. He's creating opportunities for others. That doesn't mean that he's always on the final end of the last pass. And there's so much, you can't just judge based off goals and assists, especially assists. Um, yeah, I think you have to go off chances created, um, 50-50 balls won in the midfield. There's so many other stats. And the eye test. Yeah, the eye also test. Also just the fact that he's the best midfield leader in the world. 
I'm sorry. Your team, your midfield will be eons more disciplined just from having Kevin De Bruyne in it. Hold on. We, we talk about what Kevin De Bruyne's role in the team is. In the past few seasons, he's got he had 12 assists in the league last season, 20 the season before, 16, 18. So if we're talking so the about previous seasons, his job. I don't care how many assists. He that, that, that's, zero. That's he's still a brilliant passer. And right now he's not. He doesn't have to like Alex. The the luck not breaking That's his way his on place some assists. The system is to provide. He is a provider. That's what he is. And he has been providing. No one who's watched him play this year thinks he isn't providing. Yeah, except for the stats. I think the stats say that okay. he's not. It's not. So it's not one, 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 this is one, soccer. This is soccer. Counting stats mean little to nothing. One one last tactical point. It is a lot harder when you are trying to be the chance creator and play that 10 position when, and create a, and generate assist when you're playing with the false nine. You have a false nine that's dropping back in to help generate and hold the ball for your wingers and other people to attack. And you cannot ask for a 10 player a position that plays at the 10. Again, he's playing the exact, he's, he's exact same role this season as he did last season. But I don't care if De Bruyne had zero assists. He's still a brilliant passer that creates opportunities for Manchester City. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm saying he's overrated. I'm not saying he's not world class. He's world class. He's just a little overrated. You have to watch them play. And- I, I do. He, he's a terrific player, but he's not. Yeah. This is overrated this season, correct? No. I'm, I'm talking this season. Yes. This season. Yeah, so we're overrated. talking about most yeah. under and overappreciated players this, this season. season. Yes. So not, Kevin not De Bruyne hasn't been getting that much praise on a weekly basis. Yeah, that, yeah. Perry's talking like. Let's bring that in too. It's not like Kevin De Bruyne is being praised as the midfielder of the week every week. Like, he's just part yeah. of a greater city I, squad. I, I, people which people is are going off machine. About him after uh, By the way, he's the he's the player in the prem with the biggest difference between big chances created and assists. He's got like Perry. Agreed. Yeah. Just because the luck isn't breaking his way, because you know Sterling or Jesus decide that they want to give a souvenir to a fan in the in the you know doesn't mean oh. like sometimes they score, sometimes they don't. And by the way, Sterling recently named December yeah. player, of the, player month. of the month. Yep, uh, which, which is just lovely timing. Um, what? Actually, they've they've run December. It's not totally unwarranted. But yeah. let let's City remember have. Sterling has his overrated players. Let's hear them. I don't have an overrated yet, but I'm going to start with underrated. And I'm going to talk about the only reason United can sniff sixth right now is that Ronaldo broke De Gea in the 2018 World Cup with that free kick. He broke him. De Gea had a very clear difference between pre that free kick and post that free kick when it come to how well he played. And Ronaldo joining United fixed him because he has been the best shot saver in the Prem by a not like by a not close margin. He is responsible for United having eight and a half less goals than they should have. That's absurd. Like that's that he's on pace to do some record breaking things. The, uh, the only player who's close is Jose saw who's, who's uh, about six and a half goals. The next best after that is let's see who it is. It's a uh, Alvaro Fernandez at Brentford. Who's, who's worth about 2.5 goals so far this year. Uh, most everyone else is somewhere between one and a half uh, and negative one and a half goals this year. He's been, Unbelievable! Like he's back to that form where the team is so bad he needs to single-handedly pull them up. And I'm curious if his power isn't derived from the team playing poorly. Like, what is it with United where when they're terrible and they can't do anything, he's incredible. He steps up. He like he's, he he's, he's a ballast. Action. He refuses to let them dip below a certain point in in overall quality, just on what's essentially willpower alone. 
Like if, if you were designing a team whose goal was to not go down, De Gea is the first player on that team because he'll will you into wins no matter how terrible you are. He'll keep clean sheets when like he ha- when his defense is as miserable as it can be. And let me tell you, uh, Maguire has been absolutely shambolic this year, and the rest of the cast hasn't been elite either. Um, it, the defense has been terrible. The midfield cover has not been good enough. The press looks uncoordinated. Everything about United looks terrible, and yet he's doing absurd things. I'm going to bring you one more stat because I think it's fun. Uh, De Gea has faced uh, 35 and a half. He should have ha- let through about 35 and a half goals this year. Um, we were talking recently about how, how decent Ramsdale has been. Ramsdale should have let in 16 and a half goals this year. That's 20 more goals expected per season is the difference between De Gea and a keeper we all think is having a great year. Jeff that's how terrible the defense is. Stats. That's that's how terrible the defense is. It's like the defense is on part. Like the next three teams that that should have conceded are Norwich, Leeds, and West Ham, uh, whose keepers are somewhere in you know in the not as good category. Um, I'm surprised to see West Ham in there actually. Yeah, I am too. West Ham should have conceded about 31 goals. They've conceded about 30 goals. So Fabianski's not doing anything special on the back end for them. Um, but but that like that's the tier of defense that United's at. It's possibly the worst defense in the league actually you know it is the worst defense in league they have the most expected goals scored against them this year period and yet they're middling when it comes to overall defense and and that's mostly because the hay has been absurd the hay has been excellent he's been absurd actually let's hear you have to say um over appreciated i honestly can't think of one um so uh, I'll throw in a little Ballon d'Or drama. Uh, I'll put Lionel Messi because he shouldn't have won the Ballon d'Or. Oh, I thought we were doing okay, last I mean, year, rather. I agree. Uh, I thought we were doing I know, league, I, I, yeah. It's just because I can't think of one. But yeah, take no, the no, shot no, anyways because no, I love it. You're absolutely right. underappreciated. Screw Lionel like. Messi. How he won the Ballon d'Or over Lewandowski is Absurd. like daylight Let's, robbery. I, um, I care as much about what the Ballon d'Or thinks as I do about E! Magazine. They're both shitty yeah. tabloids. Yeah, They're I both mean, shitty national tabloids. It's a joke. We know it's yeah. a joke, and we know that the Ballon d'Or basically just sucks Ronaldo and Messi's dicks until they retire. So, particularly have- the fact that Messi moved to France won him the Ballon d'Or, regardless of stat. Like, like regardless of stats, regardless yeah. of, of eye test, regardless of how he's played, winning things, Messi won by moving to PSG. That's it. No, no, he won it because he had a good, he had a good um, saying- tournament in the Copa, but it doesn't justify it because the Copa international tournaments are seven games. You should not judge a player's performance over the course of a year, like. On the basis of how well they perform over a seven-game international tournament, that's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, justice, justice for Robert, justice for Robert, justice for Robert. Hashtag. Agreed, agreed. Um, you know who I have as, as an underappreciated player? I think Tiago. I can't think of mine yet. Uh, I think <laughs> no. mine is Tiago. Tiago is the opposite of underappreciated, God. Alex. No, 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 no. Alex, that's my that's my overappreciated players. Tiago, that's nailed it. Uh, okay, I, I agree with Austin. Okay, all right. Barry, okay. Every single person I've every single commentator or media member I've ever heard talk Tiago about Tiago barely played the season. Tiago's not played. He, he's played nine full Premier League. He's played nine full games this season. He's and he's fully appreciated. In those nine, Liverpool have won all nine of those games, and and in the games proportionally to when he plays and when he doesn't play, it, it's it's night and day. So I, I, Thiago's not talked about. That's the whole point. He's been off the pitch. Yes, he is. About. 
I've I've heard nothing but commentators tell me that the ball sounds different when Tiago hits it. That's straight out of like the Sky Sports broadcast. Okay. Every time he touches the ball, it's oh my god. That's an actual direction. Every time he touches the ball, everyone in the media says he's the greatest midfielder to have ever graced the earth. Legitimately, that's the kind of praise he gets. And you think he's underappreciated? You want more appreciation for him. I do. I okay. I, th- I think I think that's insane. Um, I mean, this guy this guy was considered to be the second best midfielder behind De Bruyne coming to the Prem when Liverpool signed him. It's I think not, not this season. No one no one talks about the, dif- the difference is actually made. No one talks about. If you look at nine full games for Liverpool, well, nine why- wins. And when he, when he's been out of the side, the team has performed significantly worse. Significantly I, I- worse, and they're still second in the Premier League. Okay, yeah, but okay, they're still a lot worse. I mean, if he's played a full ninety in in every Premier League game, do you think if he's played a full ninety in every Premier League game, you think they're winning the league this year? No, no. Okay, okay. Then I rest my case. Okay, let let me go. Let me go into a little bit because I I actually do have an open. Oh, you're muted, Jesse. Yeah, we lost you for a second. The sheer, the sheer shittiness, the sheer level of shit that came with Alex's take on Tiago <laughs> flooded our microphones. Can you guys hear me now? Yeah. Okay. So I think um, m- maybe the, my hate towards Tottenham is causing this. And no, I'm not going with Harry King because I know he was in a bad run of form and I, that doesn't count for being an overrated player. That's just a bad run of form. Is Lucas Mora. Um, two goals in 17 games. You, you, you play for you, – you can't be – uh, you're a starting winger um, on a team that's a top, you know a top six team. You're scoring two goals in the prem so far. They're basically offense relies on Sun um, this season. It's the only reason why they're anywhere doing okay. Um, so I go with Lucas Mora. Um, I think that he's been way overhyped ever since he rescued uh, Tottenham versus Ajax. Um, and it's a mediocre winger. Yeah, but no, no one is. Has anyone really given Lucas Moore that much praise? When I mean, you talk about like the I don't, I don't think the, I don't think the. I think he that he's been regarded as a quality winger ever since he rescued Tottenham versus Ajax. And it just because he's not a top player doesn't mean that he can't be overrated. He's overrated for what for a being a considered to be above average player. He is no better than an average winger that should be playing on a mid table team and not be the best winger on that team. Okay. Um, and sure, that's I listen. Like the fact that that some of us are pushing back means I don't think this is like a terrible take. I think he's I think he's plenty decently rated. I think this is a, a perfectly fine take to have. Yeah, I, I think that in terms of underrated, I don't know if you. I mean, he very well may may be very appreciated, but I don't hear his name pop up enough. And yet he is in Man City's lineup. Um, and just to kind of give you perspective, he was. I was looking earlier today. He was ranked as the sixty third best player. In the world, I think he's probably a top forty player right now, as well as the best wing back in the world, and that's Jao Cancelo. Um, I think he's eight assists playing off wing. But Cancelo uh, gets a lot of praise, though. I wouldn't say he's under. He, he gets is, he gets the praise he deserves. Alex, he's the best wing back. I say it's legit. He is he is the best wing back in the world. Look out, by the way, for his fifty four million. Um, I'm not sure if it's euro or pound. Uh, release clause to be hit. I know, I believe he's 27, but when, when you're that, that good, the crosses he's putting in are just absolutely outstanding, especially coming from the left side. Um, 
eight assists this year. Also, I talked about a little bit about player um, about player ratings. Almost an eight rating in the um, Champions League, seven point four three rating this season overall. That's absolutely outstanding. If you watch the game versus Chelsea, he was absolute class. Um, I think he's the best two way wing back. He's phenomenal. Trent, Trent's amazing going forward. He is not the same defensively. This guy's able to get forward and covers back his area. Um, I don't think there's anyone in the world right now that is playing that good on both sides of the ball that plays that position, especially that he's on the left side. You can only imagine what he would be doing on the right. Yeah. And the only reason he's on the left is because Kyle Walker can't play the right. Sorry, Kyle Walker. Kyle Kyle Walker can't play the left. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Um, Yeah. Fine piece of business from Juventus trading him for Danilo, but or rather Danilo for him. Um, no, that's, that's, that, that's a decent piece of business. Uh, it's more how terrible it is for you, which is just fun to, to poke yeah. fun at. <laughs> that's so bad. So that they had to put Quadrado at right back. Yeah. Okay. Talk, oh, talk about under, really? I, mean, is that I, know, I, I know we're deviating the Serie A here, but talk, talk about underappreciated. <laughs> I agree. Quadrado is very underappreciated. Also to take, to be able to be a winger, winger that's enjoy scoring goals, has really good dribble moves and pace and sacrifice that for the team to go and play right back. Yeah. But but he still offers those quality. Quadrado has been always a class act in that way, though. All right, it's Quadrado has been in a class act in that way. He he'll do he'll do what the team needs, and and he he still delivers up front as well. So I I have nothing but praise for Quadrado. But before we we wrap up here, boys, I think we hit it hit everything. Uh, Anyone have any final thoughts? Uh, I have a final thought for you because I was scrolling through some of the Premier League's leaders in certain things, goals, uh, goals per 90, where Mo is just crushing it. Uh, it has, has 0.81 goals per 90, which is absurd. Um, uh, 1.26 goals and assists per 90, yet he's lighting the world on fire. Um, no one's surprised. Uh, anyone surprised to know who the assist leader uh, per 90 minutes is? I'll give you a hint. Uh, twice as valuable as the next best player. Philip uh, one this, assist in like 14. <laughs> so, so there's a minimum number of minutes played. That's like a couple hundred, like minimum of like a few hundred minutes played. Pogba. It, it's Pogba by a not close margin. Wait, yeah. really? Yeah. Uh, actually, Pogba's averaging an assist every 90 minutes, and it's because he stole four against Leeds in the first game. He played that, nine that's games this year. Oh, that's yep. right. that, that is it. He has there's seven, no, and he's only mean nothing. <laughs> actually, he has seven assists in like 630 minutes this year. That doesn't mean nothing. That's pretty damn valuable to have. Like, <laughs> yes, gotcha. he's been and then missing. You put into context the actual season he's had, and you're like, no, that's that's not. That's yeah, just fine. but he had four of them in one game. <laughs> right. I, I, I want to throw one last quick topic just because it's on the prem, and I think that this issue will probably either, either be resolved within the next half month as we're going to be kind of closing the transfer window of January or at the end of the season. What, happened with, what happens with Aubameyang? I know that there he has some sort of heart condition. Let's say that he's healthy because um, he just left AFCON. He's irrelevant. Cut, Cut him. <laughs> he's irrelevant. Yeah. Got him. Cut him. Yeah, I, but genuinely, a better move for Arsenal to just not have him around the team. Like, I agree. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's side- toxic. You don't need him anymore. You're focusing on youth rebuild. There's no reason to have him in the team. There's Sign no whatever the deal either. is. Like, do you want to talk about players who are, like, polar opposites to me? Aubameyang uh, is an absolute, like, of, of if you have a player who you know is never going to play a minute for you and has to just be around – Right, and maybe he plays for you if everything goes to shit and you need someone because your whole team's ravaged with COVID. Right, 
Aubameyang is the worst player I want possible in my locker room for that kind of situation. And on the other end of the spectrum, a player who I don't care who you are, you need to appreciate that he came out and had a fantastic little game. Uh, first time back in over 700 days in the Premier League to uh, to be United's player of the match, Phil Jones, the polar opposite, a player who you don't care how much he's paying. No, uh, Lacazette's in the same category though. If 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 Lacazette's no, on a terrible contract, Aubameyang's category. Yeah, I don't. No, I think Lacazette. No, no, I I want Lacazette on my team in that locker room, mm, in, in that mm, dressing room, at practice every he's, day. I have no problem with it. He's no, too individually focused. No, are you kidding? No, not me? At all. You gotta, you got to watch this guy play. This guy drops back into center mid. He's leads the press. His hold up play is awesome. His work rate is unbelievable. If, if you just need an example. Right, but I'm also, I'm, I'm also saying in terms of his personality and the way. He, he, he would struggle with, initially with the not being played part, but the rest of it, he's so team focused. He would be the guy in practice making sure that the 11 who were playing were the best version of the 11 that they could be. Yeah. And hey, if you any proof, enough, watch watch the ten man Arsenal versus Liverpool and watch yeah. that defense from the watching and, and the way he links up with the guys like Smith. Link up play when you phenomenal. bring his link up play when you bring a front three that can score goals like that is phenomenal. He gets Lock the is, best out of them. Lock is that yeah. a, I think is the goal scoring. Jesse, you yeah. said you said a few years ago that Arsenal should have taken the sixty million for Obama Yang. Yep, and absolutely. I thought you were crazy for it. And I would like to apologize because you were absolutely correct. <laughs> can, yeah. can you name, I, I don't want to brag here, but can you name one Arsenal prediction I've given you in the last three no, years? No, I was going to so say, your Arsenal Arsenal's predictions have been spot I, fucking I, I said Willian would turn to shit, which was pretty obvious. Yeah. But I. Um, what were your thoughts on Pepe when you signed him? We should have no, signed him. That's I thought the one that thing we, I disagree with you on, is Pepe. You, you overrated Pepe a bit. I okay because he, so, he dribbled past Van Dyke. <laughs> I said that. Well, oh, hold on. It started, it started. Yeah, but that's all, okay. I take it back. I think Pepe's been a great signing now. <laughs> I <didn't. laughs> no, but an offer. What what I say? I thought that he wasn't worth the money, and that Zaha was a better play. Now looking back, and I probably honestly wouldn't want either because if you look at the way that Pepe plays, it's not, it's not that far off from Zaha where he needs the ball. Um, this is the type of team that moves well, is structurally organized, and Pepe just slows down the team. Um, I'd still want I did, and I did say I wanted Zaha over him for less, you know, I know he's older, but he was um thought he fit the team better. I I still want Wilfred Zaha. I don't think there'd be any reason. No, I mean you guys have nah, pass. Him, but I th- I'd, no, I'll, no, I'll take, I'll, take, I'll, take, I'll, take I'll take Marnelli to, with, with the guy that legit that gives no, that's what I'm saying. Like, you guys don't need him anymore, but I you know, United doesn't need him either, but our signings don't work. I, but, I yeah, can't I mean, think of a team higher quality than Crystal Palace who should sign Pepe and or not Pepe, uh, well, Pepe too in that category, but um, but also, so I, like Newcastle, <sighs> nope. Although I don't, I wouldn't be surprised because um, he's not going to play in the championship. Okay, fine. Zaha uh, won't go down a team. If Newcastle doesn't get relegated, I think Norwich are more likely to stay up than Newcastle at this point. What, yeah, Bruh. yeah, Norwich just got their second win. I stand by it. Right. I think La- I Bro, Okay, I all right, let's right <laughs> now, right now, real anyway. quick, just let's let's get the predictions out of the way. Anyone, predictions. Anyone yeah. let's start at the top. Anyone thinks City's not gonna win the title this year? That's that's a shake no from Alex. Everyone else, no, no, no. no, 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 no we got dead silence. All right, so yeah, we're giving City gonna... we're giving City the title. Uh and and at Top the other four. end of the table, um let's let, I want to talk about first Norwich. the bottom four. 
I, I so I think that realistically there are only four teams that are that are in the conversation to be relegated at this point. Watford, Norwich, Newcastle, and Burnley. Give me your team to stay up. Watford. Newcastle. Alex take, said Watford. I said Newcastle. I'll, I'll take Norwich to stay up. Let's get spicy. Bruh. All right. Well, Sorry. Jesse you know says what? Newcastle. I'm actually going to go opposite. Burnley. Yeah, a little bit of everything. You know, here, go, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Lost Chris Wood. I, I understand that, but they, they have. Chris play, I know they've played Newcastle. two games less. I, I know two games oh, less when you're at the bottom of the table doesn't mean anything, but they have played two games less. Okay, and I do still think that they have the physical presence at times that can bother teams. They are not. They are not tactically gifted, but they do play physical, and I do think that at times that could disrupt um, teams that they play. Sure. Here's why I disagree with that. Um, Burnley have made a living off of not scoring goals, but preventing them this season. They can't prevent them. So they either need to learn how to score goals, which is not going to happen under Sean Dyche or they're going down. You know, they're still a bang average defense. Yeah. Average is not good enough. Right. Cause normally Burnley is about, we prevent goals. We don't score them, but we also prevent them. And that's how we stay up in the prep and Burnley this season so, cannot do that. Because Burnley, have, Burnley have allowed, rest. Burnley have allowed two more goals than Arsenal this year. Just, just in case you wanted some context. I mean, I mean, it's Arsenal. Like, I get that they're good, but it's still Arsenal. They're second in clean sheets, I think. Really? Or third? Uh, Well, that's that's probably Ramsdale second in clean clean sheets. Ramsdale is second in clean sheets behind Ederson this season. Burnley, Burnley have been of of the teams that are buried. Burnley have been kind of the most economical because they're 16 goals and and 27 allowed has turned into one win, eight draws, and eight losses, which is a very interesting goals. 16 goals. Now, who has the – I'm assume. i assuming that's the least scored. And it's going to be fewer. Not that's not the least. Norwich has 10. Norwich has 10. Okay, so who's after Burnley? So uh, Burnley's second least. Burnley second. Wolves are third with 17. Okay. Wolves have – let's let's just – wow. that's Wolves are weird. They're not. Seven, 17 so goals in 20 matches to get you th- – what? That's not right. 31 points. That's By the way, really, um, I'm going to make ridiculous. a take right now. I'm going to make a prediction. I think Wolves are under relegation threat next season. I think they're trending in the wrong direction and have been uh, since their breakout Europa League season uh, a few years ago. And I think Jose Saw is not going to be enough to say. What about, what about Everton? The bigger issues. Everton, Everton are going to be fine. Everton, Everton are going to be fine. Everton live like perpetually Wolves, Everton in... are more likely to address their issues. Ever, yeah, but Everton live perpetually in 7 to 14, and this is going to be a year that they're closer to 14, and I won't be surprised if... Well, right now they're 16. That's a good point as well. Yeah, but, yeah and, and, but nobody's nobody's of the mind that no. Watford or any of those teams are going to overtake them, right? I mean, it's... No, no, yeah. No, they'll, they'll, they'll be good enough. They'll um, be okay. Yeah. They might come uh, very close, but they'll be okay. By right, the way, well, all three of those teams, slightly unlucky this year. Or, sorry, sorry, slightly lucky this year. All three of... Or, sorry, all four of those teams at the bottom have... Um, less points than they would have normally expected. So all, all four of those teams looking to have a little bit of a bounce back. I think that's fair when you look at the total points and, and it's 11, 12, 13, 14, and the rest of the league is at like 19, 22, 23 going up. Like, I think all, all those teams are going to bounce back and win a little bit more often than they did in the first half. And it's going to make for a very spicy end of the year because they're, they're going to eke out some wins against each other. They're going to steal some wins against you know, the Brightons, the Leicesters, the Crystal Palace, the Southampton, Brentford, Villa, Leeds, Everton, United, sure. Uh, they're they're going to do a lot, and it's going to be real spicy. Um, 
Yeah, top four, City, Liverpool, Chelsea locked for everyone before we get to the fourth yeah. team. Well, I mean, obviously, yeah. City, yeah. City, Liverpool, Chelsea. What was your Tottenham. fourth? I, I was saying those three are locked. Before, so, so Alex is going to take Tottenham. Uh, Oxford, oh, what, what oh, are you I thinking? You. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely City, Liverpool, Chelsea in that order. Um, and then, well, I don't know if it, I think Chelsea is a less guaranteed third, but I think they'll still get it. No, um, they're for fourth. Yeah, no, no, fourth. That's what I'm thinking. Um, I'll give it to West Ham. Yeah, maybe a little spicy, but uh, I think West Ham are showing a lot more spirit than Spurs or Arsenal right now. Arsenal are close. Arsenal are close, but I think West Ham have more experience to get that. I, I was I was thinking Tottenham, but I can't say it. Um, so I I will I will go Arsenal. I think them having the second game playing uh, Manchester City out of the way is going to help them a little bit. Um, not most teams don't have most teams have to play City one more time, so it's just probably one less um, loss that Arsenal will take. Even though I thought they were brilliant versus City and probably deserved. They were excellent against City, yeah. You know, game and you know the ref. You know, that that match was painful. Pain, pain, painful. I mean, the the ref. A lot of ways, yeah. Dreadful there. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll give it to Arsenal in fourth. I think the biggest thing for Arsenal right now is they have to figure out that second midfield position with um, Partey. You see, I think Ranitjaka is the best current person there but the problem with Xhaka consistently as we saw in the Carabano Cup and about 20 more times since is he always has that potential mistake in him it happens sometimes it happens sometimes where it costs the team and it happens sometimes where it doesn't cost the team but he always that has has that mistake in him Jesse uh, I feel the need to bring something up a conversation that you may not have been a part of but the rest of us were Uh, did you know that Jaka leads the Premier League or sorry in all competitions since he joined the Prem in red cards Yes, but six, yes. Yeah. Um, it's impressive. It's it's genuinely impressive it's that he impressive. averages a red card a season. Look, look, Piers Morgan summed it up best. Am I allowed to curse on this? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we've been cursed. Morgan, Piers Morgan also, said fuck Piers Morgan. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but also Piers Morgan said that every time that he starts to warming up to Granite Jaka, because he does have that stretch of games where he starts to look good, he reminds us of how much of a dickhead he is. And it could have been a more spot on where he had a great, he had a really nice stretch of games where he played well. He played phenomenal versus the three, one win um, in the Arsenal Tottenham game. He please played very well in a lot of games. And I think that he's the best person in terms of the fit with Thomas Partey, especially as Tierney goes forward. It's helpful to have a center defensive mid left back to cover the left back position at times. Yeah. Um, but as he said, your mindset of how much of a dickhead he is with his, you know, stupid, you know, his, his mindless thinking, then point, you know, he kicks Jota in the, in the chest, you know, and just goes like, you know, it gives him the no, no, no. I'm like, of course it was. <laughs> <laughs> Like, no, it definitely was not. If someone's leg back, let me also say, him pulling on the jersey of Bernardo Silva, which caused the penalty after he was playing a brilliant game versus City. I thought he was maybe the best player on the pitch besides Thomas Partey in the first half. Um, you know, just that, that that mistake, it happens sometimes. So you either go hammer Samuel the Conga, but um he's he's gonna factor into why Arsenal don't finish fourth somehow. Like it, it, it's I gonna be a big say, moment. I think he's a distraction. He's a distraction for other players, and that he is of the age now and the experience in the Prem where he should be a leader. He should be a leader in the midfield, he should be a leader for the defense, and he's not gonna approach that ever because his disciplinary record and the way he reacts to what's going on in the pitch is just not emblematic of a leader yeah and if you look at his character you know the last two years um 
I think people are giving a lot of shit about the captaincy. I, I think he deserves it, but I also should mention that, you know, if you'll say about, you know, him not being trustworthy, his teammates don't look up to him. Emery gave the option and captain to the players. They chose Granit Xhaka. And obviously then he told the fans to fuck off. Um, a stunning move, by the way. Yes, a stunning move. I mean, <laughs> outstanding move. <laughs> so well, you can't I, say it doesn't have personality. Look, he, he has personality. It's just not a good one. Yeah, look, exactly. He's, he's, he's brilliant for Switzerland. Um, you can't say this guy doesn't try on the pitch. He does He does give everything he has, and sometimes it's that recklessness where he just wants to kick people right in the damn chest. <laughs> I almost, you know, Jesse, Jesse, I think you're the only one who will get this because you seem to follow the NBA as closely as I do, but I would almost liken his situation currently to what's going on with Julius Randle in the Knicks right now, <laughs> where you have a guy who is tends to be very fiery very reactionary, um, you know, is not shy about wearing his feelings on his sleeve um, and has been, you know, kind of appointed, whether he likes or not, the leader of his team. Uh, in Jaka's case, he likes and he seems to think he deserves it. Randall, you know, is, seems to be more on the fence about it. But it seems like a very similar situation where it's a guy who doesn't have a great disciplinary record, tends to get mad at officials and, you know, owners and people a lot, tends to be, you know, very outward in terms of his emotions, both on the, fl- on the, on the playing field and off it. Uh, and as a guy who's, you know, not always appreciated or respected by fans as much as he thinks he should be. I, so. I, I, I agree with you there. The only difference is that Julius Randle is actually the best player in the Knicks and Brandon Jones. Yes, that's true. He is. <laughs> All right. RJ um, Barrett's getting up there. It's, with that, it's, with that it's though, do we, have, do we have anything else to conclude? Um, I, know we're I think of, no. I think we're good to close off. Uh, there's, there's one more thing I want to bring that I think would be a fun little piece for us to do. Uh, and I'll keep track of it so that you guys don't have to worry about it for the rest of the um, like keeping track of which teams you've picked or not. But uh, between like, I think we should take every match week and you have to pick one team to, we can decide right now if you have to pick a team to win or a team to not lose, uh, but you can't pick the same team more than once between now and the end of the year. Oh, so it's like a survivor in the NFL. Yeah. It's, it's like a survivor challenge, but I don't know what we do about draws. Do we say that they have to win or do we say that they have to not lose? Have to, I mean, have to not, not lose. Not, not lose. lose. I think it's a little more lenient. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So yeah, uh, take a take a look at the schedule for the upcoming week and uh, and, and kind of decide what who you think. Uh, and I think we should generally keep it to like the match week. So any rearranged games that are being played midweek should probably not be on your list. Um, I, I'm not going to remember will, which ones. I will say, if you take a look at this scheduled. match, there are some phenomenal games. Man U, West Ham. Yeah. Um, Leicester Spurs. That's a Lester good one. Spurs are going to get it. Leicester no, Spurs is on Wednesday. Yeah. Man, Man U Brentford. Oh, God. The Hammers <laughs> are going to kick our ass. Um, I'm going to go for a team to not lose Arsenal. I, okay, so I'm looking at the I'm looking at the week right now, and we're, we're starting on Friday, and we're going through Sunday, right? Right. Okay. Yep. So, Perry's gonna lock in Arsenal to not lose against Burnley. Yep. All right. Akshay, who are you taking? I will lock in Man City to destroy the ever-loving shit out of Southampton. Thank you very much. Okay. Akshay, getting his Man City out early. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we can only we, we can only pick one team each week. You, yeah. So if you pick Man City this week, you can't pick them again for oh, the rest no, no, of the take season. Take it back. Take it back. Take it back. <laughs> nope. 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 No. Thank you. <laughs> That's okay. too easy. Um. Uh. Did somebody pick? You. You, you could pick. You can you pick want. the same as as someone else if you want. Oh, if if oh, everyone. Okay. okay. Um. Yeah. 
that's this that makes this a lot tougher because then I was just gonna go with Liverpool, but I remember that I only get them for one week. <laughs> um, I'll go Arsenal as well. Arsenal against Burnley. I'll I'll pick Arsenal to win. I, All I right. Hate, I hate to jump on the bandwagon, but I I think that it's probably the right decision as well to pick Arsenal versus Burnley. I think the only other choice that you really yeah. have is Aston Villa over Everton, but I don't like picking a team after they. That's not them. guaranteed. I don't yeah. like. I, don't, I also don't like picking a team after they fire their manager. Um, so, Jesus Christ! Are any of you guys uh, football fans? Yeah. Okay. If if you if if there's a bet on any sports book for Kyler Murray to die in the next about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what happened? Like, like, like to legit for him to be taken out of of. Um, he's getting he's getting his oh shit blown out by the Rams. Yeah. Yo. I'm, Yo, just, just by the okay, way, the just, just so you know, exposed, I told bro. anyone that would listen Rams minus three tonight. So there are a few people out there, a bunch of people I told that you're welcome, whoever's going to listen to this. Yeah, seriously. They're going to shut out the Cardinals. This is ridiculous. Uh, uh, we're, we're like midway through the third quarter. I would be surprised if they shut them out. By the way, yeah, I'm going to go Arsenal as well. I, I would pick Aston Villa, but I do not like picking a team after they fire their manager to um, – to beat them again at right afterwards. I think people they'll be motivated for whoever is the interim manager. Yeah. This is interesting. Cause we're going to have the first couple of weeks where we're taking teams that feel pretty comfortable to win. And then it's good. Like seven, eight weeks in, you're going to have to start deciding if you think that, uh, that, you know, crystal palace, like their chances this week. <laughs> Brentford. <laughs> uh, oh man. It's uh, God. See, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Like I think Arsenal's probably the right pick probably but this is such this is a week that i just don't want to bet on enough that i'm gonna take the i'm gonna take man city uh out the gate and hope that i win this challenge on week one i'm I'm just gonna like (laughs) i I, i'm gonna be the biggest burnley fan on sunday morning (laughs) seriously i was about to say he's really betting see see if i can't win this challenge week one all right oh boy you're really playing your god card in the first draw uh, only because all three of you picked the same thing. If you guys had moved around and split up a little bit, I wouldn't be this likely. But now all I need to do is because I have a lock, and yeah, you guys dude, have a, a likely choice. Jeff <laughs> not, not even hesitate. Jeff, Jeff is playing check. Jeff is playing chess, but the rest of us are playing checkers right that, now. Oh yeah, this is. I mean, because actually, the way these pools work is that once you're out, you're out. It's not how well you do until the end. It's if you Plus lose, game over. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm coming out with you know I'm I'm putting. <laughs> and I'm saying, give me, give me my free first point, and let's figure it out after that. God, I'm gonna look real dumb when Southampton get a win. Should <laughs> <laughs> we like, wrap up, on, the, we wrap on, the, on this episode? I think yeah. we should. Yeah. So yeah, on that right. note, thank you for listening. I'm Alex Purry, along with Jeff Isahauser and our new co-hosts Jeff. I'm oh, sorry, our new co-host Jesse and our new old co-host Akshay Wadwani. <laughs> New um, old but on that note, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. And and a last bit: may your free kicks be as accurate as uh, James Ward Prose. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs>